Emilio Estevez reprises his role as Gordon Bombay, a former disgraced lawyer turned peewee hockey coach turned old-ass minor league hockey player in 1994's D2, The Mighty Ducks. In this sequel to 1992's The Mighty Ducks, the core group of misfits who, through a series of trick plays and inspired effort, managed to barely win their youth rec league, all of a sudden are chosen to represent the United States in an international youth tournament, which appears to be getting way too much publicity. If they can string together enough trick plays and inspired effort, they just might quack their way to a world championship. Whatever the hell that means. Guys, let's talk about D2, the Mighty Ducks. Look what I have created! I have made fire! I have made fire! I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. Keep the talent happy. She just killed a helicopter with a car. He's out of bullets. All right, boys, prepare to be dazzled. Break yourself, fool! Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? It's important that we we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing. I could just glue it. Sandbagging son of a bitch. Y'all ready to bust fast? Lick a license. A lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. I am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Do you know who I am? You that silly ass reporter from the Channel 5 News. I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. Welcome back to Five Guys Flicking Around. We're going to continue No Theme November. Today we're doing D2. The Mighty Ducks. The second one. The second one. So if you haven't seen the first one, you'll probably be okay because you'll get it. It's a kid's movie. We watched this with Jana and she wasn't okay without hearing what happened in the first movie. <laughs> she wasn't okay. <laughs> no. Um, basically what happens in the first movie is similar to what happens in the second movie. Oh. So you can just put it together. It was Charlie, a big deal. Charlie Conway's mom gets banged in it, right? She by does. The coach? She gets banged by Emilio Estevez. <laughs> the Mighty <laughs> Ducks man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's basically the same movie, but the stakes are higher. Yeah, it's and grittier. One, it, it's the same thing, but it's just like, oh, it's international now. We'll Sounds like we've jumped into first impressions. <laughs> Sounds like we've jumped into first impressions. Brandon, what was your first impression of D two, The Mighty Ducks? Uh, I'm a big D one fan. Ah. That's Ducks one, uh, which they did in the first movie. They won. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm a big fan of D one. Really, really enjoyed it as a kid. Um, you know, sports, love sports. So yeah, as, a, as, sports. as a hockey fan, that was a, it was a great movie for me. D2, I haven't seen as much. So this is probably the first time I'd seen it in like 10 years or so. Um, but I can remember watching it. It was, I got the same feeling that I got while watching Rocky 2, which is like, man, this is a cool movie where it's like even higher stakes, but it makes me really want to watch the first one. It makes me remember how good the first one was. I understand that like the stakes are higher in this one. I didn't quite feel that, but it was still enjoyable. It's a predictable kids sports movie. There's nothing really surprising that goes on in it, Can but you... there's a lot of fun little beats in the movie. Yeah, it's enjoyable. I, I liked it, didn't love it. Can you name one kids sports movie that isn't predictable off the top of your head? Uh, uh, Joel, first impressions. So my first impression is I really, really love this movie. One of my favorite movies as a kid. And nostalgically, I probably watch it like once a year. Um, it just is very like easygoing and 
kind of off what Brandon says is it makes me think very fondly of the first Mighty Ducks movie. Um, I like this one a lot more because while it has a similar story of, you know, they're, they're out to win the championship and you're not sure if they're going to win and they pull it out in the end. Spoiler alert. Um, who would have thunk it? They won? <laughs> in the, in the first movie, I just had a lot of problems with like, they're like pretty bad. Like they're like tripping and they can barely skate and somehow they come from behind to beat this team of like studs. It's all like fundamentals. In in this movie, like they're like legitimately good. Like Adam Banks is really good. Like the Julie the Cat Gaffney is supposed to be the best goalie. They have like the fastest sprinter. They have like the toughest like Dean Portman kid. Like it it just seems a little more realistic. And I think it's really fun to see like it's like the best of the best. Um, gotta love that it's filmed here in Southern California. Right? Yeah, the that was cool. Anaheim mm-hmm. Pond. I remember mm-hmm. as a kid being, oh, that's, I've been there. Like, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so, yeah, love it. Pollard, first impression. Um, I had such a great time watching this movie this week. And when I say this week, I mean like an hour ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, right before Taco Bell. Yeah. It was <laughs> basically. $32 Taco Bell run. <laughs> yeah, it was basically like watch the movie for an hour and 45 minutes. Like, eat Taco Bell for 10 minutes right now, and now we're here. Yeah, now we're here. Um, I love that it's a sports movie with a lot of sports games in it. Yes, definitely. So many sports movies have, like, the tournament mm-hmm. or the season, and you're just hopping through moments, and this is really like, oh, they're in the first round, and they're playing Trinidad, and then they play Germany, they play Mexico. Italy. So, Arguably, there's probably too much because like I get lost and I don't remember which game was what. But yeah. I think the side plots of the movie don't have much to offer. They just sort of keep the plot going. And for me, it's like all about the tournament. It gets started really fast. And it's really just a series of like, how do we get to the next montage? <laughs> it's totally <laughs> like a montage lover's dream for a movie. <laughs> Because there's one, if there's not one that's just finished, there's one that's about to start. Yeah, Rocky Four has nothing on this movie when it comes to montages. No. There's nothing that I want leaving the movie. Yeah. They hit every note that you would have wanted, and it ties up like the way you know it's going to, and it's great. It's good. Yeah, I love this movie so much. Um, the first movie got me really into hockey as a kid, um, and the second one I probably watched 200 times or something along the way. Um, Yesterday when we were watching it together, Aaron was like quoting the movie 10 seconds before the quote came on. Yeah. He just knew every single time the next line. It was great. I used to put this movie on and play hockey in the living room while I watched the movie. Um, So I loved it. That's so true to like being a kid. Yeah. Yeah, Right. I had like a foam puck and I'd shoot it at the door and stuff like that. Um, It's great. I love what Joel mentioned. The Southern California part of it was pretty cool. Um, Seeing the pond. I don't remember this in context of the Ducks coming to become a real hockey team, but uh, watching it right after that when they were a real franchise was pretty exciting to see the jersey, the stadium, uh, everything like that. Um, it was great. I love it. I can't say how much I love it because it's just it's so much. It's uh, a <laughs> very important movie to me growing up, and I was happy we were able to watch it tonight. So my first impression of this movie is similar to Aaron's. I just loved it a lot. I don't remember the first time I saw it. I don't remember the last time I saw it. It's just been a movie that it's like 
You like Mighty Ducks? It's like, hell yeah. I'm in on all of them. Give me the first one, the second one, the third one. I like them all. Um, But I do want to note that this is the 25th anniversary of Mighty Ducks D2, which is why we're doing it. Um, And I want to remind everyone of what a magical run 1994 had with uh, kids' movies. If you listen to the Little Giants (laughs) podcast, you've already heard this. But for those who haven't, um, we had Three Ninjas Kick Back, Monkey Trouble, D2, Baby's Day Out, Little Big League, Little Giants, Blank Check, Little Rascals, a lot of little movies that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a little year for movies. <laughs> Angels in the Outfield, Richie oh. Rich, Lion King, Santa Claus. And it was just like, what a great nostalgic year. Like us, we were all like six, seven years old at the time. And we think fondly of these movies because at that age, we were enamored with them. And yeah. so, well, Mighty Ducks, if you watch it now, or D2, let's say, uh, it might not be a perfect movie by any stretch of the means. Um, it what? does have more going for it than Little Giants did. It's not full of all these like nerdy, weird characters. <laughs> Cuck Moranis is nowhere to be seen. I mean, it's, it's just like it's all likable characters. The plot, the movie just zooms like scene to scene. I'm like, oh, this scene. Oh, that scene. Oh, this game. Oh, they're doing the backyard like, uh, you know, Russ uh, street Street game. Like, it's just like the whole movie has just like great parts to it. And so for me, I still love this movie. And I really, really enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would upon this watch. We open with the credits and we're immediately being pulled. Our heartstrings are being pulled. Um, They're showing the kids clips of Gordon. And they do a great job of putting in these, uh, these clips in between. The credits. Yeah. And so they're just like getting exposition out of the way. And I think so much of this movie is about like you don't need a lot of like the story is can be explained mm-hmm. in the plot synopsis. And that's it. There's nothing else to learn. So it's a quick I- introduction to Gordon Bombay. You catch up with him in the minor leagues mm-hmm. is where he's at. Right. And he's on his way to the major leagues. Yeah. I, um, I really did NHL. love that. I really did love that scene because like they, they show him skating uh, to make a goal when he's in the minor leagues. And they like you said, they cut in between that and when he's playing hockey as a kid. And that's just so it's such a heartwarming thing that they did with the editing there because it really makes you think like, you know, that you have these like big players that are getting money to play this game. But really, it just comes down to like. How much do you love this game and how much did it mean to you as a kid? Yeah, and fulfilling great. the dream of like making it to the major leagues and in about a minute and a half you're given that entire story like it, there could be a whole movie on just Gordon Bombay from a kid to the minor leagues on mm-hmm. his way to the majors. Yeah. And, and but in between a, he was a lawyer who gave up hockey <laughs> for <laughs> DUI, alcoholism, <laughs> that's disgust. Uh, that's a whole nother option for a movie but you're given that really fast we Um, see the injury right right? Mm -hmm. that causes him to not make it to the nhl yeah his knee how is it his knee knee. yeah he gets checked into the wall he gets checked by two guys like up high yeah i mean you don't see a direct knee thing i'm sure it's could have been a really bad charlie horse when they (laughs) just like you know dead leg right in the right in the muscle when they come to hit him you know the body could have hit his knee and it got stuck I get that. So he could have torn an ACL. I'm saying, like, if it's a knee injury, 
show like knee to knee action or something that insinuates like Ooh, he got he got impact? messed up. It was knee hyperextending and bending all the way back. Yeah, anything. It's like he get, they show him just get bodied against the boards like up high, and it's like now I can't walk. And it's right. like what? But he does <laughs> move. He does really sell it in that scene. Like just his his face. They do that pure, no, They do that yeah. later with like Banks's injury. It's like no not, Banks gets hit with it yeah. on the wrist. Yeah, like, but it's very just like clearly. they just use an injury for the plot driver and it's not mm-hmm. something that is I get it I'm just like, saying all they had to do was say my shoulder and now he's got a gimpy shoulder like and it makes yeah, way more sense like, a sadder but, version would have been him uh, making it to the NHL and then like slipping on the bus and tearing his <laughs> oh, <laughs> and just being like how'd you yeah, get hurt like, yeah. walking to the bus <laughs> slipped yeah. on like a ice. million dollar baby yeah. and just like slipping on the yeah. ice and becoming he's on the he's on the professional team the whole year they're in last place it's the final game of the season and uh-huh. coach is like you're playing tonight uh, Bombay and then walking onto the bus and there's he a build up like you playing in this game will qualify you for health insurance for this <laughs> amount of time right like you start your pension yeah. clock. Yeah, you're like gonna, ready for your retirement. If you if you play a minute, you're gonna be a tops card next right, year. Right, like all the perks he's gonna get from playing one Talk second. Talk about a Pappas's bad bite. Oh yeah, jeez. Yeah. And he immediately returns home on the bus to Minneapolis and is picked up by not Jan. not Hans it's, from the first movie, right? But he looks very similar. That's a very similar accent, and it's his name his, is similar. It's his brother. But okay. You're Gordon Bombay. You're almost in the NHL. You bang Charlie Conway's mom. You're getting picked up from the airport by like an 80 year old German man. You don't have some like dime piece on the side that's like, hey, I'm in town for tonight only. Or like, I'm back in town. Can you pick me up from the airport? It's Jan. Yeah. Yeah. I don't buy it. What a sad life he must (laughs) live. It seems like he hasn't been away that long because they say later, haven't you guys been training in the off season? So it's probably been, I would say, about a year. His mom, his sister, Charlie Conway. Anyone could have picked him up. Well, Conway's mom remarried. So. Yeah, oh, that's she's right. out of the picture, bro. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Snoozy Lou. So he, he, Charlie still, is now a ward of like I'm s- of Jan. I'm still pretty confident she would have picked him up, right. just as friends. Right. <laughs> you right. know. <laughs> so he returns home humbled and takes a job at the hockey store, and he's not very good at this job. He can't even figure out when it's okay to be sharpening the skates and when it's okay to be answering the, when he should be answering the phones. Well, I think um, he's he's a little humbled. He's a little bummed. He's trying to figure out what he's going to ne- do next, and he gets a nice little surprise, huh? Yeah, the uh, Jan, you know, throws out the suggestion, maybe you should coach the, the national team, and immediately following, the representative of a sponsor comes and offers him a gig so what's, that he can indeed... What's the guy's name again? Uh, Tibbles. Don, Don, Don Tibbles. Don, Don Hendricks Hockey. Tibbles. Um, offers him the job. Like, again, fast, fast storytelling. That guy's such a wiener. He's the worst. (laughs) He's awful. So if you're told... You are coaching the men's national team. Well, he's the asked, boys. He's the boys. Asked. Well, two. The, the you're right, children. The boys. What would you do? This guy chooses to just call up the kids from the town, from the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, well, I don't know how a- that works. We were talking about this before. And it's like he was explaining. Oh, the the Team USA doesn't have a coach, but it also seems like they don't have a team, right? Because he has to yeah. wrangle up everybody. Okay, yeah. and it's also seen- an eighty-year-old German man's just been berating Hendricks like. You should hire this guy for coach. Mm-hmm. Fine. Not because of how good he looks. Yeah. Right. But fine. But can anyone explain to me rationally what the hell is happening here? I don't understand it. Hendrix 
is a hockey sponsor that Hendrix, owns Team is, USA right. and is like Team USA. Yeah, but so like, why are the they money. calling the shots like that? So, they're well, putting up all the money. They're the jersey sponsor. Yeah. So USA Hockey is like, yeah, like there's this tournament we want to send a team, but like we don't have a ton of funding, so like we're gonna go out and see who would want to get involved. And Hendrix is like, hey, we love I hockey. Think, I don't buy it. We're gonna put our name on the jersey. We'll pay for the travel, and we're gonna sponsor you guys, and our name will be everywhere. I I'm with Kyle. Like I understand that they're the sponsor, but they're not the person who hires the coach. Yeah. Yeah, that's the weird part. That's what I'm saying. Why are they being the yeah the coaching thing? Yeah. The do what you want as long as you win, it's fine. It's like I get the winning part, yeah. but also like where is like the national part of this? Like why isn't there a committee that's like right? Hey, there's let's, probably coaches you know? in the national system that have coached other youth teams or <laughs> yeah. in some capacity that yeah. are much more viable. I was candidates. just very confused. Yeah. The whole time. For as many characters that are introduced on the team that we learn to love and follow in the story, there's really not that many characters in the movie so you have like five people that are driving the adults there's five adult, there's, yeah five adult roles yeah. there's no pushback from like hey your kids are gonna play hockey and they're gonna be schooled by us and like we're gonna pay for yeah, everything and like <laughs> yeah it's also implied that he's chosen to be coach because of his big success with the youth group right i mean mm -hmm. so this right. this That's story of the youth league Championship has somehow made national news. Yeah, yeah. they call it the, the miracle in <laughs> Minnesota. Yeah, Tibbles tells them, story. like, you, what you did with those kids was magic, and we need magic. Why do so many people know about this youth league? There's, yeah, that, that's a that's a big uh, question mark for the whole movie. The so, whole like, getting the team yeah. together thing. How popular is hockey where well, it's, like, making front page news? And one of, one of the yeah. guys that comes in, Dean Portman, we find out later, is from Chicago, which is a big hockey city. Like, I'm guessing maybe he was on a pretty good team. He's huge. Right, right. Like, or is there anyone else from that team? That yeah, there's been, areas you know, in the country like, where hockey's huge. And to have one group of kids from Minnesota only as the core group of... Yeah. You got to figure if they had a, a wider net in their search for this team, they would have won a lot easier. Yeah. Or, or what if True. they just did an all-star team from their little league? Like, you're telling me there weren't guys on the Hawks that were better than, like, Averman? You yeah, know? the Hawks like, were way better in a seven-game yeah. series. No one is better than Averman. Take that back. So, so Bombay, for better or worse, goes with what he knows, and he calls Charlie, or Charlie's there already, and he says, round him up. With the duck whistle. That the, was not yeah. a thing in the first movie, you got but a duck they all whistle know what now. it is. And so you have one of the first, you have the first great montage of the film. This episode of Five Guys Flicking Around is brought to you by Milzio Estevez, the leading Emilio Estevez themed restaurant chain. This restaurant is no longer just a breakfast club, now proudly serving lunch and supper. Start off with an appetizer like chips and St. Elmo's fire roasted salsa, before moving on to an entree like the Mighty Duck a l'Orange. At Milzio Estevez, the outsiders are welcome with open arms thanks to their random seat generator forcing customers to dine intimately with complete strangers. Since lifting their ban on children, young guns of all ages are encouraged to come on in as long as they don't speak or make eye contact with the staff. And thanks to their no women hiring policy, the waitstaff is comprised entirely of men at work doing their best to serve you and your little brat pack. So come on down to your local Milzio Estevez before the repo man shuts them all down. Emilio! Great writing from, uh, as Aaron noted on first watch, Stephen Brill. Mm -hmm. uh, it said in the opening, written by Stephen Brill, based on characters by Stephen Brill, and you're like, this is a Stephen Brill joint. Yep. <laughs> but 
For him to make Aberman a uh, an usher at a movie theater mm-hmm. and Goldberg yeah. like a diner boy, yeah. no, so believable. Right. Like, great, great right. jobs for those guys. <laughs> like they totally mirrors their character yeah. personas. And, I love it. And Banks like practicing in his front yard, like yeah, rich a, neighborhood, like just yeah. so... playing hockey when they roll up on him. Mm-hmm. And he's he's not playing against anyone, but so is all the pads. On. He has like elbow pads on and stuff. He's got like a wrist thing, and I wasn't sure. Like in this watch, he's got like a cast like on his wrist, okay. and I was like, "Was he injured in the first movie or this movie?" And that's why I asked you it. Both the first one, he got injured where he got his head like hit into the boards, and he got yeah. carried out on the stretcher. Uh, they like took the helmet off and stuff. Yeah. So he's just getting manhandled. So maybe this all, was all just like he's been concussed Stephen Brill just foreshadowing. Maybe maybe it was yeah. great screenplay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I also didn't take by a the good Brill look. man. It might have just been like a. a Glove yeah, maybe. A, a mitten. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're roller skating around town. They're just like, hey, the ducks are back. Quack, quack. Let's go. There's that's a scene. not what he says. He says, the quack attack is back, back Jack. Jack. Yeah. yeah, that's one <laughs> of them. <laughs> a... Jesse, we're back. Um, there's a cement truck scene <laughs> that Brandon and I were watching, and it's just like one of the great. When he jumps like 400 feet yes. in the air. Unabashedly <laughs> a stuntman that looks nothing close it's to not Joshua even Jackson. Close. He jumps over this like cement pouring, but there's also a bucket truck that's lowering. <laughs> At the, it's like what? It's a strange construction site. So if they yeah. need someone to jump the cement truck now, it's a harder search. But in 1994, when rollerblading is like sweeping the nation, yeah, X Games, there yeah. was for sure so many people qualified uh, and applied to be the stunt roller. Line out the door, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You find the hawks <clears throat> who spot them and decide to put up the trip line. They go ducks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Try it just it, turns into the most cartoony scene. Yeah, they get the whole band back together. Tibbles shows up in the limo, and this is where we get the theme of capitalism in the movie. Mm, oh, selling out, or what did you call it? It's not selling out if it's buying in. Mm. Oh. Interesting. There is a lot of that. And, I didn't think about that. And Bombay... Grill is, is just on top of his game mm, here. Yeah. <laughs> Bombay is yeah. offered the uh, chance to sign some documents and essentially sign his soul away to... Uh, Hendrix Hockey. To corporate likes, America. Yeah, the say, likes yeah. of corporate America. So there's a lot we can get into about capitalism. Yeah. We could talk about Icelandic communism it. and sort of the dichotomy yeah. that they yeah, hate in this movie. The communist Ice- nation Ice- of Iceland. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Iceland known for its uh, Iron Curtain. <laughs> yeah, this movie made five years earlier is a is a hardcore USSR. Right. right. Well, we were talking <laughs> five like, years when later. Is, <laughs> when has Iceland ever been negative or like bad guy in any movie? That's why they're the perfect villain because there's you're not offending anyone i feel like it's just like when you hear the name iceland (laughs) you're just like oh it's cold and so that's a part of the character attribute like it's like cold right the people in iceland the people in iceland watch this and they're just like "Eh, it's nice that iceland's getting mentioned (laughs) in a movie thanks for the shout (laughs) out guys (laughs) Um, but after this the band's back together we have the first practice and we're introduced to some of the additional players and this for me is the most nostalgic piece of the movie this is really where, okay, this is not just a duck sequel. We get all of these great new characters and another awesome montage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coach Bombay's Ducks will be joined by some of the top young players from around the United States. Tell me about my new kids. That's Luis Mendoza. He's from our Miami club. A real speedster. Incredible skater. One minor problem. Ah! Has a little trouble stopping. I'd say so. Yeah! How's everyone? Y'all ready to play some puck? 
lick his hop along Gretzky. <laughs> That's Dwayne Robertson from Austin. He's the best puck handler I've ever seen. There's Julie the Cat Gaffney. She won the state championship for Maine three years in a row. Isn't that that kid from the Olympics, the figure skater? Yep. Ken Wu, what can I say? I convinced him that hockey had more of a future. We put a stick in his hands, nobody's been able to touch him. Yeah. Showtime! That guy's a teenager? Don't you know everything's fire? Uh, yeah, hormones. Iceland is 15 years older than all of their players. <laughs> yes, yes. Yep. Everyone on like that team is twice their height. What is the age range of this Junior we don't know. Goodwill Games? It <laughs> must be 14 like, to 26. No, it's like I've, 7 to 19. <laughs> I think it's 13 to 15. They're 14 and 15. I mean, if you just look at Portman and Fulton are huge. Like, the guys on Iceland are the same size. Yeah, but if you look at Kenny Wu and Charlie Conway, they're (laughs) tiny as shit. I agree. Well, and to be fair, statistically, if you're from, like, a Scandinavian, more northern European country, you're going to be taller. So we get a scrimmage of the new crew versus the old crew. New crew kills them. Yeah, they're getting owned. Um, New crew kills them because they're not all from Minneapolis, Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) They're plucked from all over the nation. The best of the best. Um, The guys drive a Zamboni and destroy a good portion of the wall and the rink and the glass. Thousands of dollars of damage. That's an insane, like, well, they're like a little rowdy, or what do you take from that? They're like high-fiving. They're not concerned with being reprimanded at all. And that's the, the, you know, the uh, physical kind of joke when they introduce the Tudor character. I forgot her name. What's her name? Miss McKay. Miss McKay, where Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, I'm here to provide the kids with some supervision. Cue the Zamboni crash. Yeah. And it's like, ha! Right. Uh, they need clever. it. She's yeah. not great at supervision. Um, we're introduced to some of the endorsements, and we're talking about this team maybe selling out a little bit. Charlie is the most... Uh, wet blankety? Mature. <laughs> Skeptical. Or wet Limp blank- noodly. Yeah. Little bitch. Um, yeah. He, you see the Wheaties box. They get their jerseys. It's, like, really cool for most of the kids. I think any kid who's on the U.S. team to get that kind of gear. Yeah. It's right. an exciting moment. But Charlie's just a snob about yeah, it. Yeah, why, why can't we be the USA Ducks? Yeah. It's like, He's like I won't wear any idiot. other colors than my like green, purple, and right. white. It's like, those aren't even good colors for a sports team right. anyway. And the kid is such a wiener. It's like, okay, I get your, oh, we're selling out. It's like, okay, who do you think bought the jerseys? Like, you didn't pay <laughs> yeah. for them. Like, right. you're getting them for free. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wear red, white, and blue. Yeah. It's for well, USA. Yeah. Why don't you go complain to your stepdad, you little bitch? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So they kind of come together. There's building up of the team. They're working well. There's a great golf cart. Bombay on the golf cart with the. They play the lasso game. They play the lasso game. Have some fun. They do have some. They're they're starting to work well together. Mm -hmm. Is the uh, they feel relatively quick. Yes, they're getting spirits high. I mean, and and which kind of makes sense because they all have the same goal. Like they're here. They're honored to be doing this and. You know, they they want to get ready for for the tourney, and the tourney starts right away. We're let in to the tournament. They show up, and uh, we're introduced very clearly. If you uh, are paying attention, they mention something that's very important about how the tournament works. Not a single elimination. What is it, Brandon? Double elimination. <laughs> so if you lose, you're out. No. Okay. So yes, but no. But the second time that happens, yes. The first time that you lose, 
Huh. No, it's not true. It, did they follow traditional arm wrestling rules for this they, idea? They, 1992 they was the, the turning Are point. Are they uh, in the independent truckers division? <laughs> they should be. You know it. Yeah. They're playing Trinidad and Tobago, for Christ's sakes. I was going to say, their road to the uh, to the Iceland isn't isn't uh, lined up with hockey powerhouse nations like well, they don't Canada's no. not involved well yeah, the, actually they are so there's two brackets and in the newspaper oh. later you see oh. um so Russia upsets Iceland and then we USA beats Canada and then we end up beating Russia 1-0 to go. So both us and Iceland that make Russia it to the Russia 1-0 game sounds fascinating. <laughs> yeah, why no, did you know that? Instead, we get the Italy 11-0 game. Yeah, Italy and Germany, it sounds like they'd be a good hockey. They're not like a hockey yeah. power. And so, Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, yeah. Th- so they're up 7-0 on Trinidad and Tobago. It's the first <laughs> game that we see. And, like, at that point, Bombay's, like, putting in the Bash Brothers. Yeah. It's totally classless. Yeah. You're just going to go fuck them up physically now after yeah. you're already up 7 nothing. Literally yeah. adding insult to terrible, injury. Also, you're, you're up a lot. You're not going to put your other goalie in to get reps. Like, what right. if Goldberg gets hurt? Like, yeah. get her ready. Get her reps. Yeah, and know? then at the end of the game, Bombay's like... What a statement game. 9-2 we won. And it's like, I looked this up because I was like, there's no way Trinidad and Tobago are a hockey powerhouse. It says from Google, a country that keeps consistent temperatures all year round, averaging 80 degrees. <laughs> and it's like, you beat yeah. them in ice hockey. What a statement it's game. The, like, <laughs> it's the Jamaican bobsled team. I was going to say, like, I don't know if anyone had it for the SOS, but. A Trinidad and Tobago making this tournament story <laughs> sounds awesome, yeah. right? Like oh Kevin God. James How? comes in to yeah. be their coach. Who did they, they for sure upset some hockey, Sweden or someone mm-hmm. like that, and it's like, holy shit, this Trinidad and Tobago team made it all the way to this. Like, this is incredible. Yeah, whatever this is. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah they didn't have... The Goodwill Games. They didn't have Hendrix Hockey to, to sponsor them, so they decided Red to strip. just, like, get together and tie-dye their own jerseys like, jersey. the night before the Dude, game. they're having so much fun. They, yeah. like, they score bring, a goal, yeah. and, like, their whole crowd is just they going crazy. They brought the steel drum player. Yeah, it's so fun. There's a moment, though, that, it's like, so we were watching... Yeah, there, it gets a little racist. Yeah, I mean, the whole movie is. But yeah. uh, there was a moment that we were watching, and I went back, and I was like, did you see that? And Aaron's like, what? And it was like the announcer goes, ducks up, 6-1. And they show, like, the scoreboard for five seconds, and it says 7-1. And it totally <laughs> just took me out of the movie. What takes oh, you out man. of the movie? What a bad job they did editing <laughs> that scene. Watching this when I was younger, it wasn't, wasn't like I was bummed Trinidad scored, but kind of, because, like, you want the shutout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Watching it this time, it was like... That's good. Oh, I'm so happy for them that they scored a goal. Yeah. yeah. So happy. Oh, the like, Bash Brothers so came happy. in and just wrecked right. everyone. Like, what I'm a so glad they scored. scored. A goal. What yeah. a great moment. <laughs> yeah. So they win the first game. All the spirits are high. Um, you get uh, Tibbles drops off Bombay at this new place in Malibu. So talk about selling out or buying in. That place was badass. Yeah. It was. So he buys Beach them all front. new jerseys. He, Hendrix buys them jerseys. Right. That's what I'm saying. Hendrix buys them all jerseys. He purchases like a hotel room or like a beachside suite for Bombay. It's definitely like, not a hotel room. I know that well, much. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's like it's a, a, he it's rents a an Airbnb before Airbnb. Yeah. 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 Um, for a while This guy's got money. My God. Yeah, but also he says later in the money. film, Hendrix. after, spoiler alert, they do get a single elimination loss. No. He, he explains like, if you lose again, like, 
I lose my job and you're back in the hockey shop in Minneapolis. Which, it's like, like why wait, not explain that to him in the beginning? Well, also, yeah. like, why are you going to lose your job after one failed endorsement if a team gets to the semifinals? And then, <laughs> yeah. Like, right. how fragile is your position? Because a bunch of yeah. kids lost a hockey game. And, 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 and you hired your coach three days before without interviewing him. You took the word of an 80-year-old German <laughs> dude. Like, he was yes. playing minor league hockey a week ago. <laughs> yeah. If he has the pull to get that Malibu estate for this coach that he hired a week ago, yeah. like he's not in a position where he's going to lose his job no. after one and loss. He's such a goofball that like when he turns and he's just like all business and all serious at that point, it's like, no, stop it. I don't want to skip over the dorm room scene of the kids. No, I mean, it starts very innocently with them just putting a little bit of shaving cream in his hand, tickling him with a feather. And he like slaps himself and it's like, ah, oh, that's funny. There's a little bit of shaving cream. 30 seconds later, his whole face is covered mm-hmm. in shaving cream. We were watching and we're like, that kid can't breathe. <laughs> Get him a doctor. Like, yeah. He's not his waking His whole up. face is covered. It's uncomfortable. And it definitely ended up in his lungs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, by now, we've had the press conference. We've been introduced to the Icelandic team mm-hmm. and the uh, woman who's mm-hmm. on the Icelandic team. The female Icelandic. And now you're thinking, wait a second, Bombay has a chance to sleep with the... Tutor <laughs> and the enemy Icelandic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is she? A trainer? Trainer. Athletic yeah. trainer. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, things are. The looking sad up. part is he would have slept with both of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's not even hidden in yeah. this movie. No. No. Yeah. I'm sure and then called Charlie Conway's mom to be like, you want to get dinner yeah, next then, week? Yeah, right. <laughs> and then you get the like bougie party that Bombay's invited to mm-hmm. that has Kareem. just a yep. string of like that there's so scene. many cameos. I don't know them all. So Cameron Crowe's in it. Mm-hmm. You see that part and then he's that's intru- who that guy is yeah and then he's introducing familiar. him to three hockey players by the uh the side during one part yep one of the guys is cam neely cam neely plays sea bass in dumb and dumber Whoa. so sea bass is in dumb and dumber and d2 wow both came out in 94 yep no. hell of a run <laughs> was it Dumb and Dumber came uh, out in 94, yeah. yeah. Incredible. So. 25th anniversary. We will be doing knockaround, uh, guys. Yeah, I pointed that to Kyle, so that's that was cool. It was like, oh, that's Seabass. Yeah, and when he talks to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he pitches the Air Bombay Loafer for kids who want to coach, which is the stupidest fucking idea of all time. Yeah. So and dumb. then we insert the Air, Air Bombay Loafer for kids ad. <laughs> that was my ad. It was uh, like, cool. we should write that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> God damn it, Elliot, get back on defense. Hey, all you 5GFA parents. Have you ever seen your kid throwing up bricks, tripping over himself in hockey drills, or warming the bench while his athletically superior friends take the baseball diamond? Well, we've got a product for you. Introducing the Air Bombay Loafer for Kids, who always thought they'd make a better coach than a player. The Air Bombay Loafer for Kids is designed to give your child the most comfortable time on the sidelines while he draws up plays, gives positive reinforcement, and hands out snacks at halftime. Let's face it, you can't buy a paint set and expect a painter, and you can't put a soccer ball in front of a kid and expect Pele, but you can buy a pair of Air Bombay Loafer for kids and guarantee your kid is the only one in his age gunning for his coach's job. The Air Bombay Loafer for kids. It's Coach-tastic! The team's jiving. They're winning. Um, The kids go to shop in Beverly Hills because... What else are you going to do on your day off? Rodeo yeah. Drive. Especially in 1994, the, Beverly Hills 90210. The intercoms mm-hmm. to get into a high-end fashion district store uh-huh. is played up so much. Has anyone been to Beverly Hills? Are those things 
real or at least of the time. My mom, as an eight-year-old, would not drop me off unsupervised on Rodeo Drive, so no. As much as you ask. <laughs> These as much are as like I try. 13-year-olds. They s- still, she wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, to my knowledge, stuff like this is in other movies, and I have heard from people that they do, like, they have intercoms, and a lot of these stores are locked. Like, they're so high-end that yeah. it's almost like by appointment. Like, you call ahead and say, right. hey, like, because as we see, like, they're more private fittings. Like, yeah. they show off to the kids, like, here's some yeah, things, do. like, on models, like, for you to look at. It's not like you go and look around. It's like, hey... I want to make an appointment. We come in. We give you something to drink. You know, the that- orange juice always looks so refreshing. Oh, it it's does. So refreshing. It's like a little bit of pulp. Yes, but yeah. not too much. Some pulp. Yeah, and it looked yeah. like a hot summer day. And you can yeah. tell like Goldberg is like leading the group vocally, but everyone's looking to Averman like you're the man, dude. Right. Yeah. yeah. Averman's calling the shots. It's yeah. for it's for the mimosas. But because the kids are there, they just leave. I would have preferred a mimosa scene where they're just getting hammered. (laughs) (laughs) Insane. Um, So that group is hanging out in Beverly Hills. And then you have the two bash bros who are just like, we're like each other. We should (laughs) hang out. Like, what's their relationship like that they don't want to hang out with anybody else on the team? They definitely isolate themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're just the cool guys. And they go strolling around. And we see uh, them out, you know, walking around L.A. And they run into Coach Bombay. Yeah. He's got some smooth lines. He's working on the Iceland chick. Iceland? So Iceland's not full of ice? No, it's green. I thought that's Greenland. I thought that's Gre- no, Greenland's full it's of ice. It's the first thing that anyone says. Yes, When exactly. somebody says Iceland, it's like, well, you know, there's actually more <laughs> green in Iceland. It's like, yeah, shut up. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe Classic. when this movie came out, it was like not that mainstream yet yeah. of a fun fact. But like, it's probably one of those fun facts that if I never hear it again in my life. See, I test people with it. And if they know it, I'm like, oh, you're cool. You've seen D2. (laughs) Well, it's a great line. And it also establishes nothing about her as a person. So you're not sad at all when their relationship doesn't pan out. You get the little part where she knows knows a little bit too much about him. She's like, oh, it's like Minneapolis. Yeah. Like, where from you The from. kids totally railroaded him on a totally innocent, like, date night. Like, yeah, looking at it as an adult is like, there was absolutely nothing wrong with him <laughs> yeah, going for yeah. ice cream with They're, this woman. Yeah. Like, I think she's what, a trainer for another and team. And that's like a consistent, that's yeah. from D1, that's a consistent theme of, like, the team feeling like he's betraying them by just, like, Talking to people, well, just like talking to people from another team, or like talking to people from another country, just like a very close-minded team. Yeah, the first one he tells the coach, he's like, "They're a bunch of losers," and he's speaking sarcastically or something along those lines. Yeah, or just, or they just find out that he like used to be a hawk, and they're just like, "When he was, let's fucking kill him in his sleep." Yeah, Yeah. I feel like if this movie had Mark Wahlberg as a coach, Bombay, they wouldn't have talked back. They would have understood. Yeah. yeah, fucking cold there, huh? Yeah. So, no, Bom- girl, let me punch you in the face. So, Bombay has a crush on the the lady from Iceland. Who wouldn't? She's amazing. She is a. And he decides. What's her name again? Svetlana. Uh, no, it's Maria. So he, he I don't takes think they out. Ever say it? He takes out the girl from Iceland. Takes her out to go get ice cream. Not He's like, they cream. must have a lot of this in your country. It's cold it's there. Ice. ice cream's cold ice. It's He's great. speaking really slow to her like she speaks a different language, <laughs> even though her English is incredible. Much better than <laughs> his. So this leads up to the next day where they have their big uh, game against Iceland yep. pretty early on in the tournament. As but we, it's okay because it's double it's elimination. Double elimination, yep. So we go into the Iceland game very early on that we can tell that maybe USA has met their match. 
Yeah, I the didn't first get that hint. Impression. The first hint is when you see that all of them are a foot taller. <laughs> I looked at the scoreboard when it was like nine nothing, and I said, "No, they got this. Yeah. <laughs> this is this would be a great comeback." Yeah. Yeah. So so they go in and they just get dominated by Iceland and yeah, twelve to one. Yeah. And Portman gets thrown out. Julie the cat gets thrown out. Bombay's just yelling at him. They're clearly Banks gets his wrist broken. Yeah. There's one scene where Bombay is walking towards after Banks gets hurt. Bombay's walking towards the divider partition and the bench. Walk to a wolf Stenson. And as soon as Wolf starts to look at him, Bombay quickly looks away. And <laughs> yeah. It's like, you pussed yeah. out hard. It was just a cut oh, you, it was yeah. like yeah. alpha. It was, so, it was so cucky. He could have made some, like, you know, profound yeah. thing about you taking it too far. And instead it's, oh, God, yeah. he's looking Throw at me. Yeah. Yeah. his hands Don't up. Make eye contact. Yeah. Like, it was, like, up. right after Banks gets, like, slashed on right. the wrist. So yeah. you think he's, like, fired up and he's going to, like, right. give it to Wolf. It's like, we were watching and it was just like, holy shit, did he just turn around and, like, get intimidated? <laughs> what I love about that is that ice hockey, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the only sport where both teams' bench are so close to each other. Yeah. Like, definitely. you can hear yep. everything that's being said on the other side. You can see, like, you can the stare. The bench are literally touching. The penalty box are on the other side. Yeah. Like, so, that it, that's, a, like, a really cool, I don't know. And yeah. this, this was a Pappas' bad bite for me, personally. <laughs> a lot of those. Uh, Julie the Cat. She's incredible yeah. as a goalie. She is incredible. Bombay never puts her in. Mm-hmm. Finally, they're down 7 nothing, and it's like, you're going in, Julie. And she had already complained about like not getting playing time, right. and I'm like, let's see what you got. Let's see what you got, Julie. Mm-hmm. And immediately, she just like shoves two guys, gets ejected, and it's like, you didn't even play a second. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wanted to see just, what you had. Yeah. Well, is it? Because like she gets thrown out for just... Mildly shoving two men, is, is and they just hack guys, yeah. everyone. Yeah. They karate chop with their sticks, and they get two minute minors. Like say what you will absurd. about the coach in D three being a, a butthole about his handicapped daughter and whatever, but um, <laughs> he at least has the the wherewithal to put Julie in at the starting goalie immediately. Yeah, um, yeah. Immediately. Goldberg is a train wreck the <laughs> entire movie. Yeah. Oh, oh, he sh- he didn't even shut out Trinidad and Tobago for crying out loud. <laughs> the saves watching it this time, watching some of the saves Goldberg makes and quotes is like that it's kid like is he not fell, making yeah, yeah. he fell down <laughs> it's like that kid's like, doing the splits leg, yeah. and like catching it and like <laughs> quick reflex no yeah. No. Yeah, and Goldberg is stoked to get out. He's like, yeah, yeah good luck in there. Give me a breather. And then like two seconds later, she's ejected. And he's like, thanks a lot. And like he's back in. And he's like, he doesn't even want to play. <laughs> like The kid just wants to hang out and go back to the diner maybe. I don't know. The tutor criticizes Bombay of like running the kids into the ground. And it's like, hey, hey, hey. I didn't ask for your opinion. Yeah, like... Where do you get off thinking yeah. that you can understand how to coach this team? Like, we are in a She's national a, championship yeah. tournament. Like, I'm the coach. You're here to, like, teach them about American history. Well, well and, She's and another doesn't one. Charlie say something, too? It's like, this is supposed to be fun. Yeah, something. whenever Charlie talks, I stop listening. So if he did <laughs> yeah. say something, I didn't hear it. But that's, a, that's another annoying part, too, is, like, not only does Charlie give Gordon Bombay a bunch of shit for, like, selling out and, like, getting uh, really into the glitz and glamour of being in this junior Goodwill Games. 
But the tutor gives some shit about it too, where she's like, oh, well, I thought like, who, I didn't know that like hockey was about doing interviews and like getting photo opportunities like, with, with like bear mascots. And it's like, yeah, you're just paid to be a tutor. Yeah. You, yeah. Like, Stay you know nothing it. about hockey. They didn't yeah. give her the Malibu estate. She thought she was going to get the Malibu house. But then and they so were like, then oh. when he got it, she's he was like, like, well, ah, there's only one got, bed. She has tutor's quarters. It's like a little <laughs> yeah. shack. That little she door. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a butler's pantry. Oh, for sure. Um, and then the kids are just hanging out in a field somewhere. Yep. Because that's what well, you it's do. in South Central LA. No, apparently. they're you're at the Coliseum. Yeah, right? they're is at that the where it is? Coliseum. Which is south? It's like close to South okay. Central. Yeah. South Central. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What are they doing there? So they're, they're at the calisthenics. Yeah, they're stretching and stuff because they have a game right. that day. Well, it seems to me you could do that anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they're where they are. So it's pretty cool that we get Russ come in uh, with his boys, and we had seen him at the games, kind of heckling at them every from game. The stands. Yeah. <laughs> he's just he's just like the heckler from Happy Gilmore, is what I gather from that. I like the way he put it. He's the local kid. I like the way he put it. He, he challenges them to some schoolyard puck. Yeah. And how's yeah. that kid Russ going to all these games unsupervised? He goes to every single Again, game. They no play. parents in this movie. Earlier in the movie, the 90s he goes were a different time. Totally. Earlier in the movie, he goes. Even my brothers could score on you fools when he's like heckling them, and they go, "Then go tell him." And he goes. I ain't even got no brother. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> it's like, not only do you have a brother, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, you no, you said, it, you said it wrong. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. He Joel, says, try it. He says, Ru- Russ comes in and says, Man, my little brother can score on these guys. Man, why don't you go bother him then? <laughs> I ain't even got a little brother. I was way off. <laughs> yeah, that was point, embarrassing. He was little. <laughs> Bombay comes home and Jan is there. Jan broke into Just his house. Just an old crazy man wandering around his house. <laughs> he broke into his condo, yeah. like He says, this is not a place for a coach. Okay, we're going to start yeah. this whole like capitalism discussion. It's like, Jan, you broke into my house. You right. are not welcome here. He used a sharp skate to pick the lock. You need to get back to your roots while you love the game and yeah. help the kids, blah, blah, blah. And then we see Bombay kind of be like, yeah, you're right. And he goes off on a nice little rollerblade on the beach on the beach yeah. with a stick and no puck or ball <laughs> nope just he looks like he should be on venice beach not malibu beach and meanwhile the game's going on that he's late to yeah bombay shows up plastered yeah. me and aaron yeah, were like sure. his for alcoholic sure. ways have caught yeah. up to him it's the weirdest if like, you watch that scene thinking he's drunk it's really funny it's so just, like, funny blows the whistle <laughs> running up the stairs yeah. all the way onto the bench it's just like, causing a scene yeah he's being really weird yeah. and the kids kind of all buy in really quickly i'm as a kid on that team thinking like no dude like you weren't here you're drunk yeah yeah i smell whiskey on you we called you, you smell out like and mom. then you didn't show up to the game yeah you the just period. bailed on like, us because like, you were rollerblading around the Alabama. like couldn't you have given us this speech like before the game yeah. yeah but the music is building you're like you know lead led into this inspiration then they do the flying v mm-hmm. and then they score and what's important about this score is that the score of the movie matches it beautifully. <laughs> oh what? <my> it's about... <laughs> the score of the, the game mu- is matched by the musical the score. U- the musical score and the hockey score come together... So the musical a- score is 2-0, is what you're saying? No, 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 okay. no. The musical score two-zero. is a beautiful... 25 to 6-2-4. 
So they win the game. Uh, Bombay burns the Hendrick endorsement cardboard cutout thing. He's outside of the Coliseum. Some sort of like change of heart. This is a distraction. This is a distraction in a barrel. Any questions? And they all clap. Yeah, cool. And then they. That do. was not the quote. The quote was, <laughs> "This is a distraction. This is a fire in a barrel." This is a distraction in a fire in a barrel. <laughs> there Any it questions? is. Ooh. <laughs> and so then we get another great montage. It's the back to basics montage. Joel yes. made the point earlier, like, why didn't they do, like, the guy who can't stop is finally being trained to learn how to stop. Yeah. And By it's soda like, cans. It's like, yeah. when, when did they, like, why didn't they do this earlier? Yeah. Like, they're finally starting to to coach and like teach them something and get them prepared halfway through the tournament. Couldn't they, shouldn't they have been doing this physically everything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're like on the treadmill. Like Goldberg's (laughs) plan to lose like 35 pounds by Sunday, you know, whatever the next game. I'm guessing you want the goalie to be bigger anyways. Charlie brings Russ into Bombay's office. Cause, and Charlie says like, Hey, I got this kid. And Bombay's immediate response is, what can you do for the team? And Russ says, have you ever seen a knuckle puck? And you, that's also not the quote. He says, <laughs> you never heard of a knuckle puck? And Bombay is all in immediately. I will say, after this movie, everyone who ever played hockey, though, especially kids, everyone tried the knuckle puck. It's yeah. not effective 100%. at all. Yeah. It's hard. You can't get any velocity. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't work. Have it's we ever not... seen knuckle puck work in, like, real world? No, never. <laughs> yeah. Not once. I was going to no. say, like, it was a false hope I'm sure there's, you. like, a trick video on YouTube or yeah. something, but never, like, yeah. a practical. We should look it up. It's, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. It's up and down a lot. In the, in the reality that this movie is, it's, it's like, a well right. Like, oh, wow, right. like he turned the puck well, they needed, sideways. They needed something similar to like the Fulton power shot from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Everybody's so the knuckle have puck a is thing. that. Exactly. Was, and he it, didn't, ha- they ran out of lassos. Yeah. And then you get Bombay versus Wolf. I love it. Mm. I love any time that there's like a, there's like a team sport or something, but you have two guys going head to head. Two alpha failed professional hockey players. Yes, exactly. But Wolf actually Old, got to the pros. Injured. Yeah, but he also failed. We finally get to the finals, and for some miraculous reason, Banks wakes up and his wrist All of a pain sudden, yeah. is just completely gone. The Which, line is, talk about correct, timing. Me, correct me if I'm wrong, Joel, the line is, I woke up and the pain was gone. One well, thing about says the, that a little slower. I think it was my pain was oh, gone. Shit. And then he's the line turning was, his wrist. I did not hit her. I did <laughs> not. <laughs> oh, hi, well, Mark. The thing about Banks' injury is he's playing fine with this injury, so... I don't think it's a big deal. Whatever that home bandage he's doing, right? I think, I think Bombay was. I think Bombay right. was worried about it because he had his knee injury, and he's worried that Banks is going to do something to like further injure yeah. himself. Like, but it's not a cast career. It's not even like a brace. It's just a wrap or like tape. But and then it goes also, into a sling. But it's it's a it's a later smart on. move. He's because he's thinking about later on, and they were good enough to get to the Banks final is right him. to be suspicious about the scouts. They saw this kid not be able to finish the rec league championship the year prior. So yep. I'm not be able to finish this tournament yep. until the final game. Yeah, sounds so like this guy's a, injury prone. Sounds like he's a just, soft kid that just he's, call he's a the Billy, playing. Yeah, card. he's the Billy Bob of this team. But mm-hmm. if you see D three, he's still got a dilemma: varsity or JV. Yeah, this kid <laughs> has a rough run <laughs> in these movies. He's not a likable character, and no. he's just he has the most adversity by far. Yeah, he does. <laughs> so Charlie does the best thing that he can for the team, and what does he do? Brandon decides to take himself out. Classic Brandon Osorio move. Yeah. I feel like uh, you would have done you that. You know what? I'm okay. <laughs> I'm going to sit this one out. Uh, I make a better coach. I've always thought I made a better coach than a player. But I, I don't even think I'm that good of a coach. So I'm just going to Bombay doesn't think twice 
yeah. about like shifting well, out the guy who's been starting for the whole tournament. Yeah, how about Jesse sits out or Gee or one of those Jesse's other? Jesse's good. Like Averman. yeah, Woo. A- Are a- we sure that like figures? Yeah, you guys, do you guys say Averman again? Averman. No, Averman's Averman's a Averman in the final dog. gets the guy steals it from him nah, super easily. And they you're wrong. I don't know how hockey works with like who is regulated for what position and how many people you can have suit up, but. Goldberg needs to go. Yes. No. Yeah. That's yes. the no, no. Julie the Cat is False. the best goaltender. Right. Goldberg on doesn't the want to be there. You, have one, you don't even but need backup Goldberg. No, in hockey, you False. do need a backup goalie. Yeah. Because if the goalie gets injured, okay, there's so, no so, one. Yeah, that's the number one you well, need. Goldberg's backup. Russ backup. is the backup goalie. So, yeah, they're getting killed. Um, and they go in uh, kind of, they get like a consolation goal right before the end of the second period. Kenny Wu does. A little like uh, he does the distraction, he, the triple axle, and then they pass to him. Are we it sure in. that Kenny Wu's like figure skating techniques is going to be the one successful? Like the knuckle puck didn't work. None of the plays does. made sense. Well, like, it, it, the Kenny Wu thing, it's the type of thing where like you know hockey, there's a lot of plays, you know, and it, I could totally true. see one play. There's kind of like, what the fuck's this little guy doing? Like, it's not gonna do anything. It's like, oh shit, we kind of fell asleep. And no, like, he no, splits like, the defenders. He's standing right the next idea to the is goal. To make them fall asleep. Fulton there. has the puck like forty feet away, and he's just like, pretty cool, huh? And then he like slides the puck. Through yeah, all the he defenders, scores somehow. because they're watching him. None figure of the skate. plays make sense. Yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to be devil's advocate. Like, no, they don't it, work. It doesn't make sense, but you know. I like how the Bash Bros have a moment in the second period where they're like, "All right, let's suit up," and they put on their like bandanas. I think like, it's the same it's shot from time, previously in the movie. It's time too. to go exactly in, and it's like, why didn't you like? Say that in the beginning of the game. Yeah, like Why we're would, down four zero. Couldn't you have done yeah, this let's earlier? Let's go set the tone and try to get some <laughs> physical activity going. The Bash Bros are riling up the crowd. They get misconduct penalties. End up in the box. <laughs> yeah, the officiating so. yeah. is totally inconsistent. It's crazy. The whole movie. It's the circus. The locker room speech is like a "Where are you from?" speech. Which that also was the, a miracle took from yep, this movie. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, as far as inspirational speeches go, it's kind of lame. So little kind of Giants oh, it is very or lame. this one? No, Little Giants has the better one inspirational. Yeah, better that has speech, a better inspiration. Yeah. This is just like, where are you guys from? But, but if we're talking strictly coach speak, Rick Moranis' part of Ooh. the one time, yep. Tuck Moranis' speech <laughs> in the one time, it's not that impressive. And neither is Emilio's. But no, no, but my point is that Emilio doesn't have a speech. It's just like, where are you guys from? And everyone shares where they're from. from and they go, but yeah. No, no he, he has a speech. He says he stuff speech. before that. He's like, did you like that? And they're all fired up because they got the one goal. <laughs> you and like it was that, you little bitch? one He's like, well, they liked it too. And like, we still got to get in there. So he's like, listen, <laughs> like, we're all coming together. Like, we got to put it out all out on the ice. And... I thought it was very good. I agree it was cheesy and it wasn't as inspirational as it could have been, but I thought it was the right speech for that group. New ducks and old ducks must come together. It's just for me if I'm like the That's rancher. That's why we got Joel off of Craigslist. <laughs> yeah. The Mighty Ducks expert. <laughs> if I'm the cowboy. Quote for quote, no one can beat him. <laughs> from... Called me out, called Brandon out. He knows it. <laughs> if, I'm from, if I'm from Texas... And I'm like the rancher kid, like that's not inspiring me. But I don't but, like but, the ducks jersey doesn't mean like. But realistically, that Texas kid is just fucking thankful to be there. The it. USA Ducks now they start to score. <laughs> Connie gets a goal. Iceland answers back. Um, somebody mentioned, I think Brandon mentioned, like it was cool that when this is coming out at the end of the game, that it's not unanswered points. 
that are made right, by the right. Ducks. Like you still get an Iceland score. That's yeah, in exactly. It. So it goes from four one to four two, then five two, and then uh, Cowboy Alley five three. They do the play Charlie it's lined li- up. Yeah, you get it's a little bit more realistic than. For instance, the little giants where they come back after halftime and yeah. just destroy. Game's everything. almost over and they pulled the old switcheroo and the announcers are like, they got to attack. Why are they hanging out by their own goal? And then Bombay's like, now. And they do a pass or two and they give it back to the announcers like, and, and Goldberg, they give it to Goldberg, the goalie. And then he takes his helmet off. Which, which why would you do that? <laughs> that's a normal thing they do yeah. in hockey. You, you can't do that. <laughs> I mean... I understand the the goalie does have more of a mask, but I'm pretty sure once you take your helmet off, the play's like dead. Like you can't play without a helmet, or isn't that a it rule? Can. Yeah, that's a. Like I don't a know. It can if you're sure. in a Disney movie. Exactly, but then so uh, one of the kids uh, gives Russ his uh, his stick, so he doesn't have the goalie stick. He has a normal stick and can do the knuckle puck, and he sets it up, and then uh, yeah, from, from behind very, his own ice, like just so away. far away. Yeah, so they tie five five. And and Wolf, and Wolf is like, no! Pays off. So they're One they're play. starting to celebrate, and the Iceland coach Wolf comes over to Gunner and he says, "You lost it for me." And then he says, "You lost it for yourself." Let's go shake their hands. Great, beautiful, just great. Oh. They they're jans. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, I did not watch it with the subtitles. And they, and they Let's go, go and shake their jans. <laughs> they're shaking hands, and when he gets to Charlie, he says, "Good work, Captain Duck." Because yeah. he's seven feet taller than Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You yeah. look like a duck. And Charlie <laughs> Charlie rushes the ice in denim jeans because yeah. he's a coach now. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a fan of this podcast, chances are you're also super into hunting moose. Mooses, moose eye, I don't know. Anyway, that's why we've partnered with Moose Knuckle Puck, a safe, non-lethal way to hunt moose. Say goodbye to high-powered hunting rifles and bows designed to kill these majestic beasts. With Moose Knuckle Puck, you'll receive a specifically designed camouflage hockey stick, goalie equipment, and a supply of 69 durable, weather-resistant, non-biodegradable pucks. Set up in your goalie gear with your stick and pucks, and when you see a moose, take off your mask, revealing your true identity, and start firing away. If you're skilled enough, your shots will knock the moose unconscious, enabling you to kill it in a more humane way, like bashing its head with a shovel. So the next time you go hunting, respect the moose and choose Moose Knuckle Puck. Let's jump into categories. Jump on in. Why don't we start with best scene I saw for a change? Joel, what was the best saw you saw? Best saw I seen was the in the final game, the final period, the final sequence of where they were able to come back and tie the game, specifically the goalie switch. Uh, but yeah, that was my favorite scene. Just the whole comeback in the final period is great. Brandon, what was the best scene you saw? Uh, best scene I saw, I'm going to go with Gordon Bombay versus Wolf mm. in the one-on-one showdown. Because as I've explained, I love sports movies where you have a one-on-one showdown. Uh, Apollo Creed and Rocky. Just you know, just throw one out there. Um, you, you what like, if I lose? I know. You, you like I'm the Rocky movies? Love it. But it's great because it's so there's no like luck involved, right? It's just mm. two men going head to head and the conflict between them I feel like is very representative mm-hmm. of the the whole conflict that we see in the series which is do is it more important to win at all costs or is it more important to play honorably 
Mm-hmm. Well, and wasn't it Bombay's journey in the first movie? Exactly, to right? Learn, to learn to play with honor. Would play with honor. Yes, right. Exactly. If this was an '80s movie. The song underneath that would have been "Just Two Men Going Head to Head." One of them's injured. Did you, hear, did you hear the song in the credits? Like not the first yes, one. Yes, the ending credits. Oh my that's gosh! Gonna be, that's it's a mighty duck song. That's like, gonna be no. the song underneath. Kyle, what was the best scene you saw? Best scene I saw the street hockey scene where Russ gets the gang together and they're just like, you know, taking their uh, hot shot. We're good at hockey down to the streets. Like, let's strip Mm -hmm. it down. Let's just like learn the bare basics because Coach Bombay isn't going to do it. He's he's, a do nothing coach. He's drinking in Malibu. (laughs) He doesn't even show up for some of their games. And uh, we get a quote that I love that Aaron wasn't as fond of, but you got to use the brakes, baby. I love that guy. He's like not in the movie again, but he's so good. Sassy Latino man. It's great. It's great when uh, Russ's older brother too, where he goes over to Kenny Moon. He's just like, "I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you." I love that little. Yeah, and then they end with like them all up against the fence, the chain link fence. Yeah. Go get him, ducks, yeah. and it's like, go USA. Yeah. Go get him, USA. Yeah. Now you know how to win because he did the shirt glove stick scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the best scene I saw was meeting the new people because yeah. at that point in the movie, it's just the same people you're seeing. Like who's been left out of this movie <laughs> from the first one? Yeah. Um, and introducing those new characters, it's a real infusion of uh, new talent and new characters, mm-hmm. and uh, it's good to see that. They all stick around for the third one, which is nice, so that was fun seeing those those new people. I agree. I think Stephen Brill, going back mm-hmm. to him as a screenwriter, incredible job. Like, yeah. you took out all of the shitty players from the first movie, you replaced them with, like, stereotypical people, but, like, you made them all likable. I want all of them on the team. I don't want to take anyone off. That was also my favorite scene, and it's the most nostalgic for me because watching it for the first time as a kid was like, yes, another Ducks movie. Mm -hmm. And when that scene comes in and you're introduced to all these new characters, you're like, whoa, like, what is this? That guy has a lasso. Like, this is really interesting. That guy looks like he's 40. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. like, okay, that's another girl. Okay, we're going to add her to the crew. She's um, hotter than... You have some, like, <laughs> mirrors of the original crew. But for me, it was um, done really well, like Kyle just explained. But also, because of that, like, it's the most nostalgic for me. Yeah. It's when D1 becomes D2. Let's move on to how do you do that? How do you do what you do to me? Kyle, how do you do that? Um, how did Fulton undress those three boys and tie them to a tree before the ducks uh, got wiped out by the fishing line? It was uh, sheer force. Uh, nothing of that was, uh, it was all against their will. But the timing of it, it was like, yeah, let's get those ducks. <laughs> and then, like, yeah. he spends, what, eight to ten minutes, like, taking off he their pants. He does have the power of the up. Looney Tunes music. There yeah, is sound a effects lot of sound effects. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. I just Also, it's 1v3, right? Yeah, and like he's he, the one. <laughs> yeah, he he owns them. Yeah, he seems a lot bigger than everyone in the first movie, and I feel like he didn't grow in this movie, and right, everyone else right, did. Yes. Yeah, he uh, had the same growth spurt it's, that they yeah, now had. It happens yeah. in the third one too. He's like noticeably the same size, right? Not shorter than everyone right. else. Like, Brandon, how do you do that? Uh, how did the guy that breaks his stick on Adam Banks' wrist only get two minutes in the penalty box? Yeah. Whereas, like you know. The goalie, the girl goalie, uh, just pushes a couple guys and she gets kicked out of the it's game. Bullshit. It's inconsistent. No, it's it makes bullshit. no sense. Joel, how do you do that? 
how did Gordon Bombay not prep these kids better for these games? So I understand. Uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he didn't work on the Luis learning to stop or the team chemistry. He's also not, it's not a, a dense coaching staff. As well as he could have. I, I agree. Yeah, right. But I'm thinking more game management. They're killing Trinidad and Tobago, and then they're killing Italy. How do you not give Julie the Cat Gaffney a couple minutes to prep? If For all he knows, she could get freaked out. Like, get those nerves out of the way when you're up 11-0. Let her let in a couple soft goals if you think that might happen. Let it happen now so she's prepared yeah. if, let's say, Goldberg gets hurt later on and she <laughs> is ready, you know? Oof. Say <laughs> a lot of spit. <laughs> Just Goldberg injuries. Funny, like not he's not good enough. Yeah. Like he tears his ACL. <laughs> well, <and when laughs> this is our star goalie. He for sure pulls his groin. How did we already talked about it? But how did Russ get on the national team so fast? Mm. One, yeah, one starter. Yeah, no less. like he just starter shows up. Guy. Bombay's like you're in and starts him without. And he try out. There's no practice before, or maybe there's the one knuckle puck precedes I, him. I think there was a practice or two where we just didn't see it, but Russ did practice with the team. My how do you do that kind of folds into my that had to hurt. So I'll do two and transition how over to the he, next category. How did he do? Be Aaron, a fun Aaron would like to transition. How did he get? How did he get that do? hurt? <laughs> How did Don Tibbles threaten Gordon Bombay with his job after he lost one game? We kind of touched on yeah. it, but like, yeah. If that's even if it, it panned out that he won and didn't lose again, there's no job security there. Right. You know, his big contract that he signed with this life changing money from Hendricks can all go away by losing two games. Like that's because double elimination. How do you do that? That also that had to hurt. Another how do you do that slash that had to hurt. We talked about just now. How did they put Knuckle Puck on the team right away and let him start right away? How do you do that? And that had to hurt the rest of the team. Like, Ooh. we've been training with this team for, I guess, a, a week or two. We don't know how long they've been together. But, like, then this guy shows up and, like, yeah, he's playing. Yep. Let me bounce off good. of he's that. He's got a knuckle puck. It was me, Spike yeah. and Little Giants. It was the same Julie thing. the Cat begs to be started. Yeah. She's been on the team for weeks. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, yeah. That Russ did, is starting. Yeah, that did Russ like, hurt. Yeah. See, that had to hurt. He, I mean, arguably, everyone could do a knuckle puck. All he does is tip the puck up and slap shot. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Fulton doing way, a knuckle puck sounds way right? more Right, that sounds way more effective. Yeah, that sounds crazy. <laughs> Let me bounce off of that, that had to hurt, mm -hmm. and go into my, that had to hurt. Brandon, uh, that had to hurt. My, that had to hurt is uh, Russ gets put on the team sheerly for his uh, knuckle puck mm -hmm. prowess. And the first time that he's able to like finally set up the knuckle puck to do in the USA game, he totally fucks up. So that had to hurt. It did. That it's had like, to hurt. What a mistake we yeah. made. <laughs> they put him on the team for one move and uh But to be totally fair, Wolf as a coach is a good coach and says he's prepared. Don't let that guy fucking yeah. shoot it. He That's an yeah. auto goal. Like yeah. it's a video game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you guys play Mario Strikers and you like get in the corner. <laughs> That's a super and you, shot. And you press the buttons at the right time. <laughs> yeah. That's like knuckle puck. Green and it you can't stop it, it's going in. <laughs> My that had to hurt is uh, along the lines of when Tibbles is yelling at Bombay. Just that whole getting slaughtered by Iceland early on. They're riding high. They're doing good. That had to hurt that they just didn't lose like 4-1. They got annihilated 12-1. Yeah. to 1. Like That just must have been so demoralizing. 
the, your coaches all messed up, yelling at you guys. You think like, God, we have no chance of winning. Just very down right then. That that just had to hurt after that game. Pollard, that had to hurt. When Charlie realized that the best way he can contribute and help the team is by sitting out. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah. This yeah. kid, this kid has gone from like He's small town hero story to an international team. He's living the dream. And say what you want about how he acts like an adult and is very mature for his age or whatever. Like, there's no way that this kid at that age is not completely heartbroken by the idea that, like, we've gone this far. Like, he is more emotionally invested in that than anyone else in the team. He's there when Bombay shows up to the town. He's there when Bombay's offered the job. He's the first guy to go out and round the team up together. He sees them all the way through to the end. And then right before Banks just shows up and takes his spot, like, he does the right thing by putting himself out. You okay? But it had to hurt. It was a self-sacrifice that had to hurt. So watching this movie this time, I hadn't seen it in a long time, but me and Aaron just fucking died at this scene. It was uh, Miss McKay teaching them about the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... She's asking them, like, why did they do the Olympics? Like, what was on the line? And Charlie, being a little bitch he is, is like, pride. Yeah. And she's like, that's right, Charlie, pride. Like, you know, America's got pride, and you guys are like Team America. And then Fulton, just being an ignoramus, is like, was America always the best, Miss McKay? <laughs> so sincere. Yeah, so yeah. sincerely stupid. Like, tell me America's the best. <laughs> and Miss McKay's like, sorry, Fulton. America wasn't around 3,000 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And there's a person that puts their hand on the shoulder of uh, Fulton and goes, it's okay. <laughs> and, he, so and he gets this like squinched face of like, oh, I feel like an idiot. I just got well, shamed. Is, it, is he like disappointed in that moment because he feels like an idiot or because he's just so sad that America wasn't right. around 3,000 no, years ago? No, it's the first one. You can idiot. clearly yeah. tell he's an idiot. That really had to hurt. I felt uncomfortable for him. Let's move on to who organizes the reunion. It's so nice to come It's Charlie Conway, 100%. I already talked at length about how he brought this team together almost single-handedly. Um, and you end up losing a lot of Charlie in this story. Like, he's barely in the movie. which is he sucks. Yeah, it's just very <laughs> different from the first film. And uh, all these other characters take over, but there's a strong admiration that they all have for him. And that's shown when they hand him the U.S. flag in the end. Joel, who organizes the reunion? Yeah, I think Charlie organizes the reunion too, but my main reason is in D3, when they go off to this prep school, high school place, they even more so lean on him and look to him as the captain, and by the end of the movie in D3, he is like so heavily the person they rely to for everything. I'll piggyback <laughs> off of that and say, I think Eden Hall organizes the reunion. Who's that? That's the school in D3. Oh. brings them all in to play hockey. So they literally organize the reunion boing, in the next boing, movie. Boing. Piggybacking Aaron. <laughs> That's piggybacking with Aaron. <laughs> I'm going to go with Jan, a.k.a. Han, a.k.a. Jan. Uh, he spent months unsolicited positioning Bombay for the job of uh, coach of Team USA. 
without even asking him about it. Um, he clearly has nothing better to do. He lives for Ducks hockey, and he has a ton of time on his hands. So he probably gets Charlie to make him a Facebook account so he can create an event, which the Minnesota kids definitely show up to, but none of the other kids do because they thought it was weird that there was an old German man hanging around their practices a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the Clutch Award. Baby, you are so money, and you don't even know it. Brandon, who wins your Clutch Award? The Clutch Award goes to... Banks's spontaneous healing. Yeah. Uh, one day his wrist is crippled. He can't even rotate it. Uh, and the next, he just woke up and it's gone. He's his own medic. He is. Huh. Divine intervention, whatever you want to call it. Uh, spontaneous regeneration. Yeah, they whatever. They could have just thrown in one line. I've been yeah. doing physical therapy, and then this morning I woke up and it's gone. But no, yeah. they just had to say, I just woke up and it's gone. Yeah, what acupuncture, the, what whatever the you want. writers doing? Like, we ran out of money for the writers. I mean, so it's like, obviously just a device to get Charlie off of the ice, because he doesn't right. belong there. A split but, second of him doing some sort of rehab or something or we just write banks out of the fucking movie no way we don't need him he died you just have a line he died from his wrist injury no we don't need him banks banks is he's just the best player i feel like nobody likes him yeah but no one does no No one's the best player he's vital for them winning he is by far their best player in every movie it's hard to say when he only plays for like how much yeah yeah but even there's five people that score a goal in the last game he's one of the five and against iceland he doesn't score three goals he doesn't have a fucking hat trick yeah russ who got picked up the two days before got as many goals as he did he scored the first game against iceland when no one else did the the game that they lost 12 to 1 yeah he scored the one yeah i'm just saying what a best player kyle who wins your clutch award controversial pick based on everything we talked about earlier but i'm gonna go with michelle mckay uh, she's really in tune with the players. Tells Bombay they need to rest when he's just running them ragged. They're calling him Captain Blood. They hate him so much. Whoa, what a name. Yeah. yeah, what a name. Uh, and then she provides the best scene in the movie, like I already talked about. The whole Greek setup and yeah. Fulton being a moron. <laughs> but she doesn't make him feel bad. She says, like, no, that was a long time ago. She could have really been a bitch and like been she's like, you goddamn idiot. Yeah, yeah. But finally, and most importantly, uh, when Gordon Bombay is being a drunk, just rollerblading around Venice like an idiot, uh, she steps up to the plate and coaches them. Her just being there, showing up when Bombay didn't, good for you, Michelle McKay. Right. And then he kisses her sexually behind the ear, and that's also job, a clutch buddy. move. And she gives him a look at the end that's like, oh, she fell in love with him. Yeah, right. They all do. Yeah, he's not interested. <laughs> Don't they all? <laughs> My clutch award goes to Jan for showing up to uh, you know, reinvigorate Gordon Bombay. Yes, yeah, he before does. he yeah. showed up, Bombay was just endorsing products and uh, losing, so going, going out for ice cream with the enemy. Yeah. So then she showed her. He damn it, it's Jan. So then Jan shows up and totally changes his perspective and causes him to miss a game because he's drinking and skating around Malibu. Specifically, Clutch is Jan's lock-picking skills. Yeah. Yeah. Because if he's unable to break and enter into his Malibu estate, then he's unable to give the inspirational Jan breaking in is also a how do you do that. It's also a that had to hurt just for your home security being that. (laughs) It's also also McMulligan because why was he not making his eggs when he had broken into the house? It kind of takes me out of the movie as well. (laughs) But 
Jan did get him the job, and that started the movie. So I'll give him the clutch award for that. Perfect. I agree with Jan, but I think the obvious answer we can't go without mentioning Girl Goalie. What's her Julie name again? The cat. Yeah, like yeah. she <laughs> plays for one play. I don't even. It's actually no time. Is she never plays for one second? No, because it's not in regulation no. that she makes the save. And she gets so, ejected during a stoppage. It's not like right. Time. So she yeah. never. Can plays. you imagine if they did? Like the Ducks win eight yeah. zero if she's in the goal yeah. instead of Goldberg. Seriously, they don't even have to worry about double elimination. At that point. <laughs> <Wow>. Yeah, <laughs> they never get close to losing. Yeah, my clutch is Russ. It's Russ. Let's move on to quotes, Kyle. Woo. Quotes. Earlier in the movie, uh, when Coach Bombay first arrives at the German guy's hockey shop, mm-hmm. look at Charlie. God, he's grown. Yeah. Weird scene to say. <laughs> <laughs> Ex-coach just yeah. talking about how you weren't there and just, God, he's grown. Uh, woo, 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 Kenny, woo. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. My quote we already mentioned. This is a distraction. This is a fire in a barrel. This is a distraction in a fire in a barrel. Any questions? Pollard, quotes. In the first game against Iceland, after Portman gets thrown out, he storms down to the crowd and approaches the uh, Iceland bench, uh-huh. and he screams at them, saying, I want you! I want you! And, like, interesting choice of words. There's other ways that you could be intimidating mm-hmm. Without saying that, I don't know if I'm reading into this too far. To me, there seems to be like a little bit of homoeroticism going on <laughs> with I want you. You're looking you. at the um, correct amount. <laughs> so for me, that was a, a really funny quote that stood out. Um, I mean, I just love Russ's, it's knuckle puck time. Like, uh, I still, mm-hmm. as a kid especially, really love that. Um, but I also love the tone of Bombay's voice when... Um, when Banks comes back and they're like going after his like hurt wrist and they slap him and they're like, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. But then right after that happens, like Bombay tells everyone to sit down and he's yelling at the ref. Oh, come on, ref. Call something. He almost took his arm off for God's sakes or something like that. It's the only (laughs) time he shows emotion the whole movie. Yeah. 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 Like Mm -hmm. the way he yells at the ref is like really funny. (laughs) Brandon quotes. Uh, Jan, Jan, Han, our boy. When he's talking about why his brother isn't in the movie, he goes, ah, don't get me started on that strudel head. It's just like, okay, cool, you German. Yeah, yeah calling somebody it. a strudel yeah. head. That's a great way to get it going. When Portman says, don't tell me how to talk, rich boy, to Banks. Yeah. Just a great way Pushes to just him. challenge him. Uh, and then the last one, I forget which player it is on Iceland's team, but I already mentioned this where he says... Let's go shake their hands. Yeah. Well, stall. There you go. Shades of uh, Keanu in there. Mm-hmm. Cons. For sure. Cons. It was just cons. <laughs> it was only Hans. <laughs> it was only John. <laughs> Let's move on to... What takes me out of the movie? What takes me out of the flick? Joel, what takes you out of D2, The Mighty Ducks? What takes me out of D2, The Mighty Ducks, is the ignorance of Coach Gordon Bombay. I just honestly am so frustrated that he is not more preparing these kids. And you see it later. Like, they're watching game film. They're helping Luis with his uh, stopping. His they're, follies. They're working on <laughs> set plays. Like, like, couldn't they have been doing that earlier? It's just so frustrating that he is so not prepared. You yeah, know? nut up or shut up. Yeah, so <laughs> Gordon Bombay's poor coaching just takes me out of the movie. 
You know, what takes me out of the movie, uh, the fact that they barely won their rec league a year prior, now they're Team USA. Just, yeah. That's, I can't get over that plot hole. Right. They, they don't really go and, to any lengths to explain it. Right. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it they barely won the league. That right. league is filled of kids who are better at hockey. Yeah. Kyle, it takes you out of the movie. There's a scene in the middle of them having fun, which Pollard was just talking about the cowboy guy. And basically, the whole team is line dancing. They're just oh, like right. dosy doing yeah. frontwards, backwards, yeah, side woo to side. Doing that is my favorite yeah. part. Dean Portman line dancing? No way in hell. Mm-hmm. He's a goddamn alpha. This dude's a stud. He would not do the dosy do. Let's move on to McMulligan. So, my McMulligan is give Averman more to do. He's a goddamn pleasure. The whole freaking movie, I love him. Everything he says, I'm like, yes, Averman, you're right. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, (laughs) we see him in the final game against Iceland taking the face off, which means he's starting center. He's the best center. (laughs) Starting center forward (laughs) for the Ducks, and they don't play that up enough. (laughs) Like He gets shoved, and he loses the face off. That's fine. But he is the starting center forward for the USA Ducks. (laughs) And... He's also the funniest, just most creative character, and I love him. And so they don't give him enough to do. They don't give a lot of people enough to do. There's a lot of characters. I get it. But I just love Averman so much. So Mm -hmm. I'd like to see him in it more. Brandon McMulligan. He's the best. I have have two. Uh, The first one is I would like to take out the Gordon Bombay character development of him struggling with this, like, oh, do I sell out? Do I, you know, stay pure to the game? Like, Why? Mm-hmm. I feel like he went. He'd already kind of gone through that in the in first the movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, in the first movie, I would have liked to see a little bit more character development with the kids because you don't really see too much going on with them, other than like this is this kid's shtick or like this is this kid's right. uh, one obstacle that they have to overcome by the end of the movie. So I would have just liked to see a little bit more of that. And then the second McMulligan, I want to toss this out to the five guys and see how you guys feel about this. Uh, replace Emilio Estevez. With Scott Kahn in this one. Wow, yes. All in. I'm in. I'm out. I'm all in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out. Pollard, McMulligan. I want more mascot. Uh, My McMulligan, I would have liked the Iceland style of play to just be that they were better. Like, it's so over-the-top cheap shots. Yeah. It's like, no one would do that. That's... No yeah. refs would allow this to go on. Right. You could just make them really, really good at yeah. hockey, and mm-hmm. that's good enough. Have some that they're physical do like, that. They're really but fast. But over-the-top cheap like, shots yeah. and stuff are just like, right. okay, this is ridiculous. Let's move on to sending out an SOS. I'll send an SOS to the world. Spinoff. Origin, Origin or sequel. sequel. Oh. Pollard, SOS me. Uh, so my spinoff, I want to see the complete collection of Gordon Bombay's romantic roller coaster. Yes. All of his relationships become the center of this film. He decides to pursue the tutor after the championship game. He also continues his relationship with the Iceland chick. Um, because he's picked up his drinking again, he messes up. And schedules them both to meet for the same ice cream date. And it's so, a Mrs. Doubtfire situation. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, Just Pierce Brosnan getting the Heimlich. <laughs> so <laughs> he, <laughs> hot jambalaya. Yeah, and he's cross-dressing because it's important so he can get I his hope kids he's got back. Got a friend for me. <laughs> so he's he's drunk. And he's, he yeah, ends, he's doing that. 
business scene laugh. He's really drunk. He ends up yelling at both of them, resulting in him leaving and finding himself in the nearby bar where he starts yet another relationship. Um, it's really just a cyclical thing with him in relationships, messing it up, quitting drinking, drinking again. I'm going to do a spinoff of what else other than Goldberg's Deli. So the Gold- <laughs> so the Goldbergs have to cater a bar mitzvah for the Min- Minneapolis mayor's son. The only problem is Goldberg accidentally loses grandma's famous pastrami recipe. If the Goldbergs don't deliver stellar pastrami to this bar mitzvah, the mayor is going to shut down their deli. And that's the movie. And then, <laughs> and, and then they're at the party and they're just slapshotting like pastrami and rice at him and he can't get him. And it's like, Goldberg, this is our family business on the line. Exactly. Just yeah. catch the sandwiches and hand them to the mayor. Come on. I want two hours of just him working. His shenanigans would be incredible. With, like, too many orders. Or, like, yeah. If yeah. you know there'd be something out. where like the the meat slicer gets goes haywire yeah. and just shoots things. If you write the, the actor him. that plays Goldberg, you can probably get that to happen for like four bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is a spinoff with Averman, Goldberg, Jesse, and Wade. Um, those are the four guys that go to Rodeo Drive and they trick all the women into trying on clothes for them. They do the whole, like, I'd like a cheeseburger and blah, 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 like on the intercom. They just have great chemistry. I just want to see them like pranking people. Turning into the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, maybe. Why not? Let's make it happen. (laughs) Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Now we're going to turn our attentions to ex-local fanboy Michael Hillary for Magic Mike's Main Minute. Hey, Michael, you're on with the five guys flicking around crew. How you doing, buddy? Um, let's see here. Impudent and impotent. I got confused by those two today. Any jokes? Uh, of course. I got, oh, there was a good one. Um... That was on Friday. Of course, in my recycle bin. Oh, yeah. No. Well, here's one. It's not the one I thought it was. Why did the teacher write on the window? Because the lesson needed to be clear. Shut up, Mike. Okay. I thought that was a good one. Um, yeah, so there's that one. And then, oh, like, this one, I'll fuck it up, but I'll, I'll try to get it right. Um, how was the telemarketer proposed to by his girlfriend? She gave him a ring over dinner. That's okay. All right. Like the last one for right now is, uh, why should you be nice to your dentist? Because they have fillings too. That's pretty good. I'm glad you went through the trash for it. Yeah, well, no, that one was t- uh, yesterday's joke. The other two were in the trash, yeah. Let's flick it to Dubai, where we've got superfan RK on the mic, ready to speak about his favorite movie this week. RK, take it away. Hey guys, it's your boy RK from Dubai, back again with my favorite podcast, The Five Guys Flicking Around. Sorry I've been gone for a few weeks, was admitted in the hospital for my voice. And today I wanted to talk about one of my most fa- favorite documentaries slash films, Senna. It's based on one of the greatest racing drivers to ever live, Ayrton Senna. He was a devout Christian, he spent millions on underprivileged children in Brazil, but to the rest of the world, he was the greatest racing driver to ever live. In the span of his racing career, which lasted 10 years, from 1984 to 1994, he was exceptional. He raced against other greats such as Nigel Mansell, the great Alain Prost, Nelson Piquet, but he stood out. 
in his racing career which lasted 10 years, he won three world championships, which was something no other racing driver ever did. He was extraordinary on another level. He, he had the skill set and the talent which no other racing driver ever did. He was my role model and he is my role model to this day and what inspired me to become a racing driver today. And yeah, I urge every single one of you to watch it since it's a very motivational documentary. But sadly, Ayrton Senna died in his last race at Imola in 1994, which ended his career, sadly. But he had a lot of good quotes, he had a lot of good inspiration and a lot of motivation. So I urge everyone to watch it. See you guys next time. Bye. Let's move on to genre swap. All right, I'll tell you what you're doing. Pull the old switcheroo! I'll go first. So I'd like to see these guys all grown up in a dramedy. Uh, me and Aaron have talked about doing this with another movie that I won't mention, but this movie is called The Mighty Big Chill. The characters get back together for Goldberg's death. Connie and Gee, they have old sexual tension that arises. Averman is Jeff Goldblum, and he does the kitchen dance scene bumping butts with Julie Gaffney. Well, they listen to Ain't Too Proud to Beg by The Temptations. And finally, Charlie Conway is impotent. The end. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> hey. My genre swap is kind of a great escape genre swap. Ooh. Terrorists take over the Goodwill games, locking all the participants into a, nice. a, a big hall. Um, this is sort of like Toy Soldiers, which we also watched. And um, <laughs> the guys on the ducks... All have to do wacky shenanigans to defeat the terrorists and escape. The end. Nice. I want to see this movie as a gangster film. (laughs) (laughs) I think I think Gordon Bombay's character is just one that, um, like, all bets are off. Anything is possible. Like he's not above anything. And in this movie, they talk about like him selling out or whatever, but. I think he gets wrapped up into the mob after he loses his chance at a professional sports career. And so um, he's just getting money for the team from all the wrong places. There's loan sharks. He's in hot water. Um, team Iceland happens to also be wrapped up and connected as well to a rival mafia. Yes, so instead yes. of just a sports competition, there's actual murders happening. There's a mafia competition. Yeah, there's drive-bys where the Iceland team like drive drives by and shoots up the practice of the Mighty Ducks. Whoa. There's like knives that come out mid-game. Um, a lot more is on the line in terms of the mobs getting at each other um, and not just the sports competition. My genre swap is going to be a horror movie. And so basically same type of thing except Don Tibbles or Scott Kahn in this version um, is basically we're going to find out later is like the devil's assistant. And so he's coming in to recruit Bombay and the Ducks because they want a U.S. team for this international tournament. But instead of it being in L.A., it's in like Eastern Europe. And That's it's gonna, spooky. they're gonna fly in, and then they get to their hotel, and it's like the town is kind of like a ghost town. They're like, huh, like, why is no one here? And like Scott Kahn is like, oh, don't worry, they'll be at the games. That'll be the crowds. And we find out that uh, it's single elimination. And Whoa, Whoa, that is spooky. <laughs> instead, oh, no. instead of double, but every time a team gets eliminated, they just kind of disappear, and they find out that when you lose, you die. 
you get murdered. They're the Slash like Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> and then so they More tell like the, the Gash team, Brothers. <laughs> and they tell Scott Khan, "We want out. We're, we want out of this. People are dying." He's like, "It's too late. Like you're already here. There's nowhere to go." And they're You've like, "Always been here, <laughs> locked in at the Coliseum type uh, arena." And then uh, so they have to play for their lives. I like it. Higher stakes. That is higher stakes. That is. Let's move on to Blu-ray price. Joel, what would you pay for D2, The Mighty Ducks? I really love this movie. I want to rewatch it. It's great, like, nostalgia, sports. I love it all. Uh, I'm paying $60 for this movie. Brandon, Blu-ray price. I mentioned this at the beginning. Uh, I'm a huge fan of D1. D2 doesn't hold quite the uh, the same place in my heart as D1 does. It's a fun watch. I enjoyed watching it. Uh, but again, not that same kind of nostalgia factor for me. So like five bucks. Five bucks for this okay. one. Kyle, Blu-ray price. I'd go 25 bucks. Aaron, Blu-ray price. Pollard? I'd go $50. I love this movie. And Ew. I definitely want to watch it again. I want to keep watching it. I want to have it forever. I don't know how often I'll watch it, but I'll definitely watch it again. Mine was not $50, but it was $49.99. Oh! oh. Lower! So, yeah, so I'm definitely not willing to pay the same amount that Aaron is, but I will pay $49.99. Let's wrap things up with, would this movie work as a McSullivan vehicle? Brandon, does this movie work as a McSullivan vehicle? Yes, but only if McSullivan plays Russ. Yes. So. Thank you. While on vacation in Los Angeles, McSullivan decides it'll be a good idea to get drunk and heckle the kids playing hockey at the Junior Goodwill Games. Eventually, Team USA gets sick of McSullivan's verbal abuse, and Coach Bombay tells him, All right, tough guy, if you think you can do better, let's see you out there. Mm. McSullivan, of course, dons a Team USA jersey and some skates. He takes Charlie Conway's spot on the team after calling him a pussy. Uh, (laughs) It's not not Charlie stepping up. No, no, it's it's McSullivan making the call. It's like him coming in and just throwing him a He makes the call to kick Charlie uh, off the team and take his spot. In the third period, McSullivan demonstrates his famous knuckle puck, which is where he dons a pair of brass knuckles and punches players in the (laughs) dick. After McSullivan incapacitates most of the Icelandic team, Team USA wins by forfeiture, uh, just the way McSullivan likes it. He gets one final knuckle puck in on Gordon Bombay, steals his Coach of the Year trophy, and runs out to the parking lot where Pops is waiting in a getaway car with a fresh egg salad sandwich and a busty Icelandic chick that saw McSullivan in action. She agrees to make love to McSullivan in the car on the condition that Pops has to watch. Finally! That's her desire. That's you what get she McSullivan. wants. It's, it's official. Kyle, would this movie work as a McSullivan vehicle? Um, it does work. Um, okay. In this Prove one, it. are you sure? Okay. It might work. How? We'll find out. How does it work? In this one, it's a kids' movie, a la Princess Bride, where Mac is telling Pop's grandkid a story at bedtime about his youth. It's just not decent <laughs> at all. Wait, wait for it. Sorry. McSullivan used to coach USA Pee Wee team to a world championship or something like that, I guess. <laughs> 
When it gets to the Iceland chick park, McSullivan does not hold back and gets really <laughs> gratuitous about the banging he did with her and the threesome he had with Michelle McKay. Pops comes in at this part and yells, God damn it, Mac. How did you get in here? The grandkid says, Grandpa Uncle Mac is telling me about a threesome he had with the girls from the D2 movie. <laughs> Mac is super nostalgic and remembers better times. He grabs a hoppy uh, <laughs> He grabs a hockey stick from Pop's garage on his way out and it ends with him rollerblading in short shorts on the Malibu beach with the sunset behind him. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I think this movie does work as a McSullivan. Are you game. sure? Oh. I do. I don't Ow. believe you. Tell me. So McSullivan is a hotshot detective haunted by his days when he was a hotshot youth hockey player. <laughs> He was the best ice hockey player New Orleans had ever seen until he was caught betting against his own team and throwing games. After getting another DUI, McSullivan is ordered to do community service instead of prison time because the judge has a crush on him. <laughs> McSullivan has no interest in coaching the shitty youth team he's been assigned to and instead blackmails the head coach of Team USA into letting him coach the team because the tournament is being held in Southern California and Mac wants to head out to the coast. The court orders Pops to be the assistant coach, slash, they need someone to make sure the kids are okay. Oh, that's good. McSullivan leads Team USA to some easy wins before being seduced into doing a ton of cocaine with the Wolf Dentist and the Smoke Show Iceland Trainer. The three of them have a very graphic but tasteful three-way. <laughs> graphic but tasteful. And afterwards come up with a plan to throw the game, bet everything they have on Iceland, and take their winnings back to Iceland, where McSullivan is assured there'll be even more Smoke Shows and even more cocaine. Pops convinces McSullivan he can't take another dive, but the wheels are already in motion. Mac leads Team USA to victory, but the Icelandic Mafia is in attendance and thirsty for blood. So McSullivan and Pops manage to sneak away and ride off on a chopper. The end. I love it. I love that you went there. Mm -hmm. You know, you did the whole Mac threesome Icelandic. We wanted it. Everyone you checked wanted all it. the boxes. Yeah. All my McSullivan Incredible. boxes. Most three ways we talk about have Mac banging two chicks. This one has him and another it guy. Was, right, it the was devil's three way. Progressive. The London Bridging again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the London Bridge makes its return again. Yeah, thank God. That'll do it for this episode of Five Guys Flicking Around. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Five Guys Flicking Around. You can keep sending those emails to Five Guys Flicking Around at gmail.com. Download our podcast at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Adios, muchachos. Look what I have created. I have made fire. I have made fire. I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. I'm not ashamed Keep no more. The talent happy. You just killed a helicopter with a car. Alright, boys, prepare to be dazzled. Break yourself, fool. Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? It's important that we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing, I could just glue it. You sandbagging son of a bitch! Y'all ready to bust him out? Lick a license. Lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. I am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you're entitled to. You know who I am. You that silly ass reporter from the Channel 5 News, ain't you? I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go. I'm bored, let's go. Sports fan. Watcher person. I'm just I will kill you. <laughs>
he would have been satisfied. I and think that would make you satisfied. I want to see Goldberg we satisfied. We all would have been yeah. satisfied. Okay. Shut but, up. but the yeah. authenticity of yeah. the game. Shut up, uh, nerd. Your hair is beautiful. You don't show it enough. Fighting to the like, ah, oh, Fulton deserves an Academy Award. What takes you out of Mighty Ducks? Do you, what take? I'll watch him and Emilio go at it. Like, I don't care. <laughs> him, I'm in. Him gently <laughs> kiss Scott Kahn on the cheek. Behind the ear. <laughs> it's sad because he's a meth addict now. Uh, Look him is up. He really? Ed O'Neill, Gordon Bombay, and Fulton versus Wolf, Portman, and Cuck Moranis. <laughs> 